it is essential. It is absolutely essential that we understand the importance of spiritual formation. And contrary to what we're seeing in front of us, uh, even as recent as this weekend, uh, everywhere you turn, uh, we see hashtag uh, the slap. Uh, and, you know, everywhere you turn around, someone is talking about uh, what has transpired in relation to uh, Will Smith and Chris Rock and all of that. And while that is not uh, the focus of our uh, lesson tonight, there are lessons that we can extract even from uh, an incident like that. And uh, whenever there's an absence of spiritual maturity, uh, whenever there's an absence of uh, spiritual formation, we tend to react instead of responding. I'm going to say that again. And whenever there's an absence of spiritual maturity, whenever there's an absence of spiritual formation, we tend to react instead of respond. Uh, and uh, when we are going to, if we're really going to be effective uh, in the kingdom of God, we have to understand that uh, there is a difference between reacting and responding. Uh, now, I'm not bringing condemnation on anyone or anything like that. I particularly speak to issues pertaining to the body of Christ. Uh, but I do want to emphasize uh, that reaction uh, is a sign of weakness and response is a sign of strength. And so we want to make sure that whenever challenges come, whenever circumstances come, hey, Sister Bridget, whenever things come, that we're not just reacting to them, but we're responding in wisdom. And that's why we always talk about wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. And in all thy getting, get understanding. Amen? Amen. All right. So we want to continue where we have been. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Bless you, Brother Carol, my Alabama uh, connection there. Amen. Spirit of the living God, fall flesh on us tonight. We give our minds to you. We give our hearts to you. We give our focus to you. We give you everything. You are our God and we worship you. We thank you. Our Father and our God, tonight I ask that you would speak to us. Speak through us. Speak in us. Open the eyes of our understanding. Give us an ear to hear what your spirit is saying. And we bless you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, Mother Williams. Amen. Good to see you, Sister Rosie. We love you. Amen. God bless you. All right. So we're talking about spiritual formation. And like I said already, spiritual formation, spiritual maturity uh, is when we are able to respond and not simply react. And what we have seen in the last uh, 48 hours has been the eruption of uh, reactions uh, rather than response. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 10. Hey, Detroit. Love you. Amen. God, hallelujah. Good to see so many of our folk on tonight. We love you. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I'm, I'm the pastor that just loves everybody. <laughs> when I see you, if I if I know you, I say hey. If I don't know you, I still say hey. Amen. Glory to God. All right, here we go. Second Corinthians chapter one verse ten. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril. Past, I've said this, and he will deliver us again. Future. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Second Corinthians 1 and 10. Don't worry if you're late, you made it. Second Corinthians 1 verse 10. I want to read it again. Okay, and here begins the reading of God's holy and eternal word. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril past, and he will deliver us again. Future. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. I'm so glad that you're being blessed by the Bible study. Amen. Now, I want to I look at this and understand it foundationally, okay? And I want us to understand several things. 
First of all, as I have said, deliverance is both in the past, okay, in the future, and in the present. Deliverance is both in the past, in the future, and in the present. Thank God for the first lady on tonight. So if deliverance is in the past, in the future, and in the present, then we have to begin to, to understand how God begins to work in us, work on us, and work through us. And I believe that in this hour, what happens in the natural uh, is also corresponding in the spirit. Uh, many of us uh, are reacting uh, instead of responding. And whenever we react instead of responding, everything explodes. And so we want to understand that if we're going to uh, really mature in the things of God, if we're going to mature in the spirit, we have to move from simply reacting to what we see around us, every crisis, every circumstance, and responding by faith in what God desires to say in our lives. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 11. I'm doing uh, really good with my time just beginning to lift off. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 11. Thank you. Uh, it's real bright. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. And it says, as you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf. For the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Now, I want to unpack this for a moment. And I want to read this from the, uh, what is this, the NLT. Okay. Uh, and I want us to look at this. So let's get in the word. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to jump now. All right. Uh, let's let's get in the word. Second Corinthians chapter 1. Hey, my main man, Pastor Josh, is on. Love you. Second Corinthians chapter 1. He was already ready to stand in the gap for me tonight, just in case. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. And the Bible says, uh, let's look at it. Okay, verse 10 again. And he did deliver us from mortal danger. He will deliver us again. Okay, so that's past and future. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Now, now that's good news for us because it means that no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, God will deliver us. Uh, despite the tensions of the time, despite the challenges of the time, despite all of the uh, disruptions in Ukraine and Russia and uh, all of the tensions of what we're dealing with on a daily basis and everything that we're facing, we have a promise from God that he will deliver us despite how things seem, despite how they feel, and even despite how they look. And so I want us to to just to just stop there for a minute, because sometimes uh, you can be facing something uh, that feels so low, feels so frustrating, feels so hopeless that it appears as if and even feels as if nothing can change. And one of the biggest lies of the enemy is for us to get so flustered and frustrated in what we're dealing with and what we're facing that we begin to think that no matter what we do, it cannot change. And then we become apathetic to prayer. Am I talking to anybody tonight? We become apathetic to prayer because then we say, well, uh, since it doesn't seem like anything's happening, uh, I'm just not going to bother. Uh, it is what it is. And we become apathetic to prayer. And when we become apathetic to prayer, uh, then we, we just begin to try to walk it out and figure it out in our own self, forgetting that God even told us not to lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways to acknowledge him and he will direct our path. So if he's going to direct our path, that means that I've got to become intentional, hear me, uh, in making sure that my inner man is strengthened, that my inner man is renewed so that I can receive the fullness of what God has prepared and established for my life. Now, bless you, Bishop. Let's look at verse 11. And you are helping us by your prayers. And you are helping us by your prayers. You are helping us by 
your prayers. And, and, and then many will give thanks on our behalf because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. So uh, prayer brings deliverance. Prayer brings transformation. Prayer brings breakthrough. Prayer allows things to shift in our lives. And, 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 and I don't want to diminish this. It sounds very elementary, but it's not. It sounds very kiddish, but it's not. When we pray, we reshape history. Do you know that God can heal history? He can heal the brokenness in the human heart. He can mend uh, areas and circumstances and situations that have not been seen. Someone's already testifying here, Sister Brandon, that God delivered her and healed her at her doctor's appointment today. God is a healer. He's a healer, and he does not just heal physically. He can heal financially. He can heal emotionally. He can heal in every area of our life. So when we pray, when we pray, we are reshaping history. God can heal history. He can transform and intervene and come into the areas and spaces of our lives and bring transformation. So when we understand this, spiritual formation, I want to I go back to this, is the process of being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of others. My God, for God testifying on the end of the day. I see someone saying they've been cancer-free four years. Look at the power of God moving right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Galatians chapter 4, verse number 19. <laughs> Hallelujah. Something happening here today. Glory to God. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing touch. Thank you, Jesus, for healing and delivering. Glory to God. Now, Galatians chapter 4, 19, and it says, uh, I labor, I labor, my children, uh, in whom again I labor in childbirth until, until Christ is formed in you, okay? And so spiritual formation is the process of being conformed to the image of Christ, all right? That's basically what we're saying. Now, I labor so that Christ might be formed in you. Now, let's let's really deal with this. And I dealt with this over the last few weeks. Uh, and you can go back and look on YouTube and all of that. But I want to move a little bit forward. So there are four stages in the life of the believer. Four stages in the life of the believer. And tonight, I believe by the Spirit of God, we'll be able to help put your pain in perspective uh, and uh, things that you have been privately thinking through. Uh, and really trying to come to an understanding of. I believe that God will, will bring healing to that tonight. Amen. Let's move. <clears throat> Let's move. Glory to God. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move. So, in light of our passage that we first began with, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 11. Let's go a step further. So there are four stages of the believer. Deliverance, as we have seen, is being handled, uh, is being accomplished by the prayers of the church. And God is already delivering us from the past, from the future and the present because of the prayers of the church. Good question. What does the word labor mean? Uh, it's actually speaking uh, in terms that we even see today. Uh, he's saying, uh, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth. Uh, so he's even showing us just uh, it's a metaphor, just as a, a woman is giving birth uh, to a child uh, in labor pains. He is in pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in us. So it's a metaphor saying that uh, he is um, seeking diligently that we would grow into what God has called us to do. It's just like my wife uh, who is on tonight 
is pregnant. And in her pregnancy, uh, there are much pains, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, you are anticipating those pains because of the result that they will bring. Uh, and while it hurts at first, uh, the end result is glorious. And so what he's saying is, until we come into maturity, until we come into being formed by what Christ desires to do in our lives, uh, we will continue uh, to, to labor. Uh, that word labor also, uh, in its original context, literally means to travail. <laughs> it means to have birth pangs. It means to travail. It means to, to press. Yeah, I will. I will. It means to press. It means to press through. It means to press forth. Uh, and so what he's saying is, uh, I am laboring. I am pressing. I am moving until Christ is formed in you. I am not satisfied until you begin to look like Jesus. I am not satisfied until you begin to embody uh, the face of God in the earth. And so uh, there are four stages here that we want to deal with. The first, uh, when it comes to the prayer ministry of the church, the first is the evangelistic stage. The evangelistic stage. Now, with this evangelistic stage, I want you to hear me. With this evangelistic stage, we're talking about the new birth. When we're saved and we become a soul winner. That's right, Bishop. When we're saved and become a soul winner. And so, uh, in the first stage, we're leading others to Christ. We're winning souls to Christ. Every newborn Christian, hey, Vanna, every newborn Christian wants to share their experience. Every newborn Christian wants to share their experience. And so the first stage is an excitement. We become more evangelistic in the beginning as we begin to mature and get grounded in the faith. Thank you, Sister Brandy. That'll help me out a lot. But there's another stage, and we can't just stay in the first stage forever. We go from faith to faith and glory to glory. The second stage, the second stage, we're talking about four stages of spiritual growth, four laws, if you will, of spiritual growth, four stages in the life of the believer. The second stage, the second stage is the revival stage. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. The revival stage. Now, the distinction between the evangelistic stage, where we're leading others to Christ, winning souls to Christ, sharing our testimony, coming to faith. The second stage is the revival stage. The revival stage. Now, when it comes to the revival stage, and I want you to hear me, when it comes to the revival stage, this stage is when it becomes personal. When we take uh, a more personal uh, journey, a more personal time uh, to, to engage in our life in Christ. This moves us from the excitement because we're excited uh, in the evangelistic stage. We're excited and we should never lose our excitement about souls, about what God has done. But we're moving from just not just excitement but into the fullness of the spirit. And that's why these Tuesday nights are called the school of the spirit. We're ending uh, this Tuesday uh, with this segment. We're going to go into one more uh, next month, and then we're going to shift in the month of May. So the revival stage is when we move from excitement to the fullness of the spirit. God has more for you. How many of you want more of God? Hallelujah. God has more for you. And we're moving from the evangelistic stage to the revival stage. And that stage is personal experience. When we move in the revival stage, I'm going to give you some keys. I'm really pressing to get through this tonight. We move in the revival stage. We are coming to the place where we are going to live in the spirit, where we're going to obey 
in the spirit, where we're going to rely on the spirit, and we're going to look to the spirit. Now, I'm going to say it again. That means we're going to live in the spirit. We're going to obey in the spirit. We're going to rely on the spirit. We're going to look to the spirit. Uh, and when we begin to live in the spirit, when we begin to live in the spirit, when we begin to live in the spirit uh, and obey in the spirit, and rely on the Spirit, and look to the Spirit, then we begin to cooperate with the Spirit. Now, I'm taking my time with this for a reason. I got to live in Him. I've got to obey Him. See, sometimes we like to live, oh, I'm, I want to live in the overflow, but you don't want to obey in the overflow, and that's the difference. We can't just live in the overflow. We have to obey in the overflow. Uh, we like to talk about the Great Commission, as we call it, uh, the disciples didn't call it that. We call it that. The Great Commission. And there's nothing wrong with that in Matthew 28. I want to show you something real quick. Let's go there. Matthew 28. And let's look at uh, the commission there. Okay. And he says, uh, Matthew 28, verse number 19. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. There you go. You got it. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Spirit, and teaching these disciples to obey. We don't like that part. Teaching them to obey. Teaching them to obey all the commands I have given you. So it is not just to be baptized. It's not just to dance around. It's not just to jump and leap. And, and, and all of that is important. I believe in all of it. But he says, teaching them to obey all the commands I have given you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. So I have to obey. Okay, so the gospel is both invitation and it's also challenge. He invites us, but he also challenges us. He invites us, but he challenges us to change our lives. So there's something we have to give up to grow up in him. Hallelujah. And I love how the Message Bible puts this. I love how the Message Bible puts this. I believe it's Matthew chapter 5. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, uh, the Message Bible. I'm, now I'm flowing in the uh, Revelation. All right. So uh, Matthew, let's see it. Chapter 5, I believe. Glory to God. And uh, I want to go down real quick. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yep. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I tell you, when that word is in you, it'll just bubble up. Amen. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse number 48. And I want to read it out of the MSG, not Madison Square Garden. The message translation. For those of you in America or in New York, you know what MSG is. Amen. And then... Now we even have MSG and food. Lord have mercy. I'm talking about the message translation. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 48, in a word, what I'm saying is grow up. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. Again, in a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects now. Live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously toward others the way God lives toward you. Now let's go a step deeper. So, we're called to live, to obey, to rely, and to look to the Spirit. Now, uh, that means that we're also called to cooperate with the Spirit and receive guidance in the Spirit. So, the revival stage uh, deals with this because it's extremely important just to take. So, the first stage in evangelism 
is external. The second stage is internal. I want to teach this and I want you to follow me. The first stage is external. The second stage is internal. We have to learn how to cooperate with God and how he works with us. Okay. The third stage, and this is where it's going to get interesting. <laughs> the third stage, the third stage, four stages of a believer's growth, four stages of growth. The third stage is the persecution stage. The persecution stage. Or, so we can define it as the difficult stage. Or, the path of the cross. And we find ourselves situated here in the season of Lent. Stay with me. Come. Come. Let's go a step deeper. First stage, evangelistic. Second stage, revival. Third stage, persecution. Persecution. Jesus reminds us in the Gospel of John, in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen. That's right. We try to break it down every Sunday, every Tuesday, so that you're able to understand the word. God bless you. And DM us, please. DM us as well so we stay connected with you. Now, first stage is, as I've said, the first stage is evangelistic. Second stage is revival. But the third stage, the third stage is persecution, persecution, persecution. And this one is, is this one is heavy. This one is heavy. This one is heavy. And I want us to understand that. Uh, and the reason why is because a lot of times we're going through and we don't know why. And I want to help to to bring some clarity to that. The persecution stage. Persecution stage. Persecution stage. And I want you to stay with me. Uh, and here's the lesson. Persecution stage. Now, <clears throat> we have been crucified with Christ. We have been crucified with Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 through 21. 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 It says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. Galatians 2.20 I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. I want, I want to... Go back. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Thank you, son. Now, the problem with crucifixion is that we take too long to die. The problem with crucifixion is that we take too long to die. The problem with crucifixion is that we take too long to die. Now, here's where I want to land. In Romans chapter 6, we see the process of sin. Now, uh, I know we don't like that word today, but it's, in, it's, it's, it's biblical. In Romans chapter 6, we see the process of sin and the law. Well, just stay with me, okay? Uh, and so we are learning how to deal with the complexities of life, the vicissitudes of life. So God is not always trying to rescue us out of stuff. 
And I know that sometimes seems a little harsh, but think about it. God's not always trying to rescue us out of stuff. Sometimes he's just going to take us through it. Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Not yea, though I walk around the valley of the shadow of death, but I have to walk through it. There are some things in life, life comes with occupational hazards. There are some things we will simply have to go through. One of the fruit of the spirit that we don't hear talked about often is long suffering. Sometimes we're going to have to go through things. It does not mean that God is absent. It does not mean that we have necessarily done something wrong because there are times when we are paying consequences for uh, things that we have done. Uh, but I'm saying to you, uh, there are some things we will have to go through because it will mature us. It will bring us into a greater understanding. Nobody would have raised their hand and said two years ago, I want to be in a pandemic. But the pandemic, while it was painful and while so many lives have been lost and while so many things have happened, uh, we have all come to know God in a more intimate way as a result of what we have happened. And that's why we understand when the Bible declares unto us, it was good for us that I was afflicted. Why? Because in the affliction, I matured. In the affliction, we come to grow. In the affliction, we come to know God in a more intimate and a more powerful way. Philippians chapter 3. I want to check something there for just a minute. I'm doing, trying to do as best with my time as I can. Uh, and I always have way more uh, than I, I am able to get to. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 10. Amen. Let's look at this here. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10. And let's see what God says to us tonight. <clears throat> I want to know Christ. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. Uh, I want to know him. Uh, and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. Uh, I, I want to know him. I want to know him in the power of the resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. Now, now, here is where I want to land. Walking in the path of the cross, and this is very important for the season of Lent that we find ourselves in. Pastor Josh, you can uh, make sure these ways go out. Amen. I see some of you sharing. In grief, you've come to love God even deeper. Lord knows that's the truth. My, 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 my. Walking in the path of the cross. Walking in the path of the cross is a way of pain. A way of pain. A way of pain. A way of pain. As we walk in the path of the cross, it is a way of pain. As we walk in the path of the cross, it is a way of suffering. A way of pain, a way of suffering. Thirdly, as we walk in the path of the cross, it is a way of disappointment. A way of pain, a way of suffering, a way of disappointment. It is also a way of of hardship, a way of hardship. And lastly, it is a way of anxiety, a way of anxiety. Walking in the path of the cross is a way of pain, a way of suffering, a way of disappointment, a way of hardship, and a way of 
of anxiety. And, and when we come to this persecution stage, bless you, Kaden. When we come to this persecution stage, my son's is home. When we come to this persecution stage, we find a way of pain, a way of suffering, a way of disappointment, a wave of hardship, and a way of anxiety. All of these are things we experience on the way to our journey. And this interprets to us the way of the cross. And uh, we begin to learn by experience. And see, this is not circus salvation. <laughs> this is not clowny stuff. This is not entertainment-driven faith. This builds endurance. This builds experience. This stage is what moves us out of theory into practice. This stage is when we can really say with assurance, if it had not been for the grace and mercy of God on our side, where would we be? It's in that persecution stage, not the lofty heights of the mountain, but in the valley experience, in the moments when our pillows are wet with tears, in the moments when we're trying to make sense of everything that's happening, in the moments when everything in our lives is happening to unravel in such a way that we cannot make sense of it all. It's in those moments we find God in a more intimate and a more excellent way. And I don't know who I'm ministering to tonight. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I have come to tell you tonight that when you understand the persecution stage, it puts pain in perspective. And most people don't get past this stage unless they are really ready for God to do a work in them. Stage one is excitement. Stage two, you begin, uh, uh, stage two, you begin to become grounded in the word. But in stage three, this persecution stage, you really learn about spiritual warfare. We oftentimes think the spiritual warfare is tied to just what we do on our knees. But I'm telling you, the spiritual warfare is also tied to what we do on our feet. And as we stand, as we move, as we walk out, as we begin to do what God has called us to do, he will guide us. He will lead us. He will stand with us. And that's why one of the great hymns of the church, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else can heal all our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggle. He will guide us till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Friends become few when you're in the persecution state. Friends become few when you're in the valley experience. Calls don't come as often when you're in the valley experience. But when you get there, you learn who you really are and you come to know who God is in a greater way. And I'm telling you tonight, this is a season I prophesy to you by the spirit of almighty God. This is a season where God is realigning your relationships. God is realigning your connections. God is realigning things around you and you're coming to see who is who. And who you for somebody, who you thought was somebody, you realize they wasn't what you thought. They ain't what you thought they was. And God is going to realign your connections to bring you in to the fulfillment of destiny and the purpose that he has ordained. I got to close. Stage four. Stage four. First stage is evangelistic. Second stage is revival. Third stage is persecution. Stage four, stage four, hallelujah, is the ascension stage. Stage four is the ascension stage. We're covering a lot of ground tonight, I can tell. Stage four is the ascension stage. Glory to God. 
And in the ascension stage, uh, we find that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 6. I was sharing my lesson with Archbishop Gonson early, and he said, man, that's a good lesson. Amen. I borrowed some of his, his insight too. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. The Bible says, for he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us. And seated us. And seated us. That's right, Sister Douglas. And seated us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. We are seated in heavenly places. We have authority of Christ over all powers of the enemy. Let me tell you something right now. Hallelujah. There is no hex. There is no curse. There is no, I don't care what the curse says. There is no curse. There is no hex. There is no spell. There is nothing that can come against the life of a believer that's stronger than the blood of Jesus. And I want us to understand when it comes to what God is calling us to do, we have ascended in Christ, the ascension stage. Why is this important? Because we understand the death, the burial, the resurrection, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, according to the scriptures, to ascend and the enthronement of Christ. Now that Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, we too are seated uh, with him in Christ Jesus. And so I want us to understand that. I want us to come into a greater dimension and a greater release and a greater understanding of what God wants to do in and through our lives. And when we come to know that, in the third stage, the persecution stage, uh, you, it's like you're blaming everybody for what's going wrong. And this is wrong and that's wrong and this is wrong and that's wrong. You're blaming, blaming this one, blaming that one. That's the persecution stage. But in the fourth stage, your perspective changes. How you see changes. Your understanding changes. And in the fourth stage, you begin to know that you are victorious through the various seasons in Christ. Bible tells us the book of first Kings, oh, that Elijah was with a widow woman and the oil stopped flowing when she ran out of room. And I want to tell somebody tonight, just when you think you've got enough, God's got more than enough to give you. All you've got to do is come empty. I'm telling you, I'm at the point now I used to be ashamed when I felt on E, but now whenever I feel a little close to E, I get excited because empty baskets bring the oil. I'm going to say it again. Empty baskets bring the oil. It's when we come empty before God. My grandmother would say, Mother Sharon would say when she would pray, Lord, I come empty before, I come as an empty pitcher before a full fountain. Fill me up again. And I'm telling you tonight, God wants to fill you up. God wants to heal you. God wants to deliver you. And God wants to set you free. God tells us, find empty baskets, what God has to bring to you. All you've got to do is have the capacity to receive it. Your capacity is about to expand. Pastor Josh, your capacity, put that out there for me. Your capacity, type that out. My capacity is about to expand. Your capacity, your ability to understand is about to expand. God is about to expand your capacity in every area and facet of your life. And you've got to understand that sometimes he's got to release so he can do something fresh. He's got to release so he can bring something else inside. Glory to God. So discipleship is a lifelong journey. And I want to encourage you as I close, keep looking down because we're sitting with him in heavenly places. Your capacity is about to expand. And the higher we soar in Christ, the smaller other things begin to come. We are already seated in heavenly places. We are already seated in, hey, Sister Robinson, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we're not just looking up in anticipation. We're looking down in victory. First stage, 
salvation, uh, evangelistic stage. Second stage, revival, infilling of the spirit. Third stage, persecution, uh, victory over sin. Fourth stage, ascension stage, uh, as we begin to conquer our conflict and spiritual warfare. Here's where I want to land. Every stage in your journey, in your spiritual journey, in your Christian journey, is not always done in this order. The only one done in order is the first stage. But the second through the fourth stages, the second through the fourth stages, the second through the fourth stages, bless you, brother, boom, second through the fourth stages, you're learning that spiritual warfare is what you are developing through all the time. The spirit, the path of the cross, John 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble, but in me, you will have peace. The fourth stage develops your discernment. And discernment is the mark of maturity. Discernment is the mark of the mature. Discernment is the mark of the mature. God wants to increase your discernment. About once a week, I'm always laying hands on my eyes and my chest. Not just the eyes of my understanding, but my eyes of my spirit. That God would allow me to discern to detect what he wants to do through me and what he wants to say in me. During this stage, you realize, you realize that this is not a Disneyland. This is a desert land. And God's going to cause you to mature and to come into a greater understanding. You begin to understand the root causes of the things around you. And you come to realize 1 Peter 5 and 7, casting all your cares on Christ, for he cares for you. All of this deliverance, all of this deliverance has come because the church was praying. Don't stop praying, for the Lord is nigh. Don't stop praying. He'll hear your cry. Don't stop praying, for his word is true. Don't stop praying, for he will answer you. He has delivered us. He shall deliver us. And he will deliver us because of the prayers of the saints. Father, I've said what you told me to say. I've done what you told me to do. Close this part of the series out in faith and obedience. I pray that hearts have been transformed, that minds have been changed, that you, O oh God, search and know the hearts and minds of man and woman, and that you would bring us into maturity and into a greater understanding of what you have established and ordained. Spirit of the living God, tonight I pray that you would touch the hearts of your people, no matter what stage of the journey they're in. Grace them. Grow them. Hmm. I thank you for causing us to mature. Causing us to come into a greater understanding of who we are in Christ. Do a fresh work. Do a new work. I hear the Lord, Spirit of the Lord saying even now for someone tonight that he's doing a fresh work in you. And sometimes it does feel lonely. Sometimes you feel misunderstood. Sometimes you feel as if you're giving your all to others. And when you're the one in need, there's no one to give to you. And I want to just tell you right now, you're not alone. The Spirit of God is serenading your heart. I want you to re-listen to what was taught tonight and allow the Spirit of God to minister to you. If you're not saved out of the ark of safety, we offer Christ to you. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus. Let's move from reaction to response. Let's move from immaturity to maturity and to come into a greater dimension of what God has established and ordained. I see a lot of new faces on tonight. Please DM us, email us, go on our website, globalfirenow.com. Stay connected with us. If you like discipleship resources, we have it on our website, globalfirenow.com. 
Stay connected. Uh, we love to stay connected with you. You can text SHIFT to 51400. There's all kinds of ways. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask him if you've been blessed tonight, if you want to, if you would sow a seed tonight into the work of the ministry, if you would be a blessing to the work of the ministry, our free will offering on our Tuesday nights uh, for our Bible class. Uh, you can do so very simply. It's the ways to give are on the screen. You can give uh, via Cash App. That's dollar sign uh, Global Fire Now. Just goes to the work of the ministry. Dollar sign Global Fire Now for the School of the Spirit. I believe that as God is increasing your capacity, uh, even now, as you, those of you who are sowing and those of you who are giving, that the grace of God will continue to strengthen you, cover you, serenade you under the blood of Jesus. You can give also via our website, www.globalfirenow.com, globalfirenow.com. Uh, and lastly, uh, you can give through Zelle, globalfirenow at gmail.com. All of these, they're pinned to the screen uh, on our platforms tonight. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you on this last Tuesday night as you're giving. Thank the Lord for your giving tonight. This last Tuesday night of the month of March. May God keep you. May God strengthen you. May God anoint you afresh from the crown of your head to the very sole of your feet. Listen, this Friday night is spark. I know it's April Fool's, but it's not a joke. This Friday night, we're going to have a powerful time on uh, the first Friday of this month. Myself, Pastor Josh, Archbishop Goffin will be in dialogue, and it will be powerful. And then again, this coming Sunday, online and on site, if you're in the New York City area, we invite you, all of our family. Uh, we are so grateful for you this Sunday at 11. So I'll see you on Friday, Lord willing, right here at 8 o'clock. Uh, we will be on Facebook and YouTube this coming Friday only. So IG, just join us on uh, YouTube and Facebook this coming Friday. It's going to be powerful. Uh, and then we're starting a brand new series on Sunday dealing with a new thing. A new thing. God is doing a new thing. And we want to begin to embrace that. I thank you for your giving again. Uh, PayPal.me slash Global Fire Now. Cash App dollar sign Global Fire Now. Zelle. Global Fire Now at gmail.com, texting global to 51400. I want to thank all of those who have, this is your first time on, send us a message. We'd love to connect with you. Uh, I'm the people's pastor, amen. I'm the people's bishop. I love you. And uh, all of you on here can attest uh, that we stay connected. We are a family, amen. There's no distance in God. Uh, I don't believe in shepherding the souls of the people and feeding the flock and not being touchable. The Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May his countenance be with you, and may he give you his peace. Global is who we are. Fire is what we bring. Ministry is what we do. Amen. Amen. Expect greater. Have a great night in Jesus' name.